You're just gonna stay angry at God for the rest of your Whether it's popular or not, we're seeking out what pleases the Lord. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the UPC Later podcast. I am your host, Aurora, and welcome to our first episode that includes an interview from one of you all. Thank you so much for um, trusting me to create a safe space for you to tell your stories anonymously. It means the world to me. I do want to go ahead and just give a quick disclaimer that this, uh, the podcast, the interviews, the stories you'll see on the Instagram page should never be used in place of real life therapy. Um, there was a lot of trauma along the way for most of us who left and it's okay to get healthy. There's no shame in that. So while these stories may resonate with you and you may find them helpful and they may help with your healing, we want to encourage you to seek out professional help in your area if it's something you feel like you need. Um, I can't wait for you guys to hear this first story. This is going to be part one. Thank you again for being here and let's go. Well, welcome to our very first interview. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm well and yourself. I'm great. So excited to have you here um, and have everybody get to know more about you. Um, Tell us how you got your start in the UPC. Yeah, so um, I was actually born into it. Um, My family is very uh, heavily oriented in the UPCI. And so uh, pretty much since uh, out the womb, uh, I've been going. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It was dedicated um, probably at the age of one or two. And uh, I've always just been involved um, through, uh, like I said, my family. So anytime there's any event at the church, um, I was there, prayer meeting, um, you know, setting up for outreaching, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, church, just always been um, there, sleeping under the pews, being involved <laughs> in ministry, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, I've, I've just always been there. Yeah. Um, were you involved, like, in ministry while you were attending? Yeah, so uh, growing up, um, I was... Uh, when I was probably in like about middle school, um, I was helping with the kids ministry um, with things like VBS um, and uh, things like puppet ministry or, you know, whatever the case may be to, you know, uh, help out there. And then uh, as I got a little bit older, um, I uh, took an interest in music. And so I would, uh, I took lessons and ended up was able to play uh, on the platform there uh, for Wednesday nights. Um, and, you know, like youth Friday nights where like the youth would take over the service, uh, do some of those there. Um, but I always had a, um, like a passion or um, like a urge to be a youth pastor, youth leader, uh, wh- whatever term you, um, you know, want to use there. But uh, so I always had like a drive to be that. So I would stick my hand in any opportunity I could to be able to uh, see that through there. Gotcha. So, so you were not one of those people where, where the church was able to say, oh, they left because they weren't involved or they weren't plugged in enough or they weren't dedicated enough. Like you were pretty sold out to the idea of what the church was doing. Absolutely. Very sold out, um, you know, very passionate, very, 
um, you know, defensive, if uh, I felt like you were coming against um, anything that the UPCI stood for. Um, yeah, you know, and I just, I don't really get that mindset that people have that's like, oh, they weren't too involved or, oh, this is why they left because, you know, they weren't really devoted or they weren't really passionate or, you know what, they kind of were slipping with the standards or with the, you know, whatever the case may be anyways. And that's why that's not always the case. I mean, we're talking about someone that's grew up in it and now this is where I'm at. So I, I just, I don't understand that thinking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so tough. And I feel like it comes with a lot of, um, a lot of assumptions that people make when people do leave. Um, so tell me about the first time where you considered, um, leaving or when you thought to yourself, like maybe, maybe this isn't the place for me. So I was probably around 16 or 17 years old. And uh, like I said previously, I like really wanted to be youth leader, youth pastor, um, had like that, you know, what we, we call it a calling. I had that calling to, to be that. And um, so I was like really into uh, the Bible and I was like, you know what, like I want to be ready for any type of like scripture battle, Bible battle, you know, any type of like denomination battle. And so I was like, I'm going to get this for myself. So um, I was like really devoted into it and I was like reading it and I was like getting it for myself. And then I had a conversation with the leader at the time um, where I was at and we got on like standards, like clothing. And the topic was, um, you know, can women or women not wear pants? And so like literal scripture, you know, a men should wear a men's garment, women should wear a woman's garment. And so I was like, well, if there are women pants, right. So that would be considered a woman's garment objectively. Correct. And, you know, you get that hesitated. Yes. You know, like <laughs> didn't really want to agree with it, but was like, I have to, because technically yes, you know? And so, um, but then you'd always hear that, well, you got to be, be separate, be the salt and light, you know? And like, you can still be separate, but like, what does the garment have to do with being separate? If it's still women's clothing, you know, like, so um, and there's other ways to be separate, but I just, I couldn't really get on board with the fact that like now we're limiting based on personal opinion. And so that's when was my first red flag of, mm, I don't, I don't really like this. I don't know that I can like stand behind this when, you know, there is a different answer that's, you know, whatever, but yeah, so about 16, 17 years old. Which And I find that so interesting that you were at such a young age um, trying to get it for yourself because like I know for myself, I was not. I was just sort of blindly following. So it's really interesting for me to hear that you were ready to get in your word, be prepared and and defend it. Um, but then these questions start coming up. Um, and then, you know, it's, well, sometimes yes, sometimes no. And there's not like a clear answer from the church that makes sense that they can, that they're all willing to provide. It's sort of scattered across the board, depending on who you ask. Right. And a lot of gray areas too. Um, and, you know, then you get into stuff like, uh, like medication or, you know, um, well, you know, as far as, well, well, mental health, right. So, we always have this like concept of like, did you pray about it? And when I say we, I mean the UPCI. 
So, you know, did, did we, did you pray about it? You know, did you, did you fast about it? You know, what, what did you do? Did you, did you actually, did you read your word or, you know, this, that, whatever the case may be. And like in all reality, like our brains sometimes do have like chemical imbalances that like, that's just how we're made. So like, yes, we can pray about it and, you know, we can do all those things, but like sometimes some of us do need like therapy or like actual medication to to help us you know with our um you know whatever the case may be and then you know there's that fine line between well if you if you take that well then you're you're altering your your mind or whatever the case may be and you're like well like am i though like you know is is it better for my health if i do this like am i going to have like a better life if i'm able to get the help that i need versus like trying to pray about it and like nothing happening so um you know there's a lot of like gray areas and stuff where based on where you go I feel like there's uh, an opinion either one way or the other right because before the church um, itself was so anti-therapy um and then it was like well you can go to therapy but it needs to be somebody who's um a UPC member um, who's licensed in mental health and so, you know, that with the standards, you know, some, some people say yes, some people say no, um, when in reality, these are the things that if you need the help, you should be able to get the help, regardless of who you're seeing, you know, if, if the medication needs to be there, if, if you need the, the support, it shouldn't even be a second thought. Um, but a lot of people can't agree on it within the church. They can't agree on the standards. They, you know, it's kind of messy um, and no real unity on any one subject depending on who you ask or where you go. Right. And especially like those counselors that are like maybe in your local church and sometimes like, you you know, they could help in in certain situations or, you know, whatever the case may be, but depending on like the type of trauma or, you know, the type of whatever the case may be that you've endured, sometimes those local UPCI therapists like aren't really, or counselors, if you will, aren't really the ones that are like very well, educated and that's not like a hit against them or anything like uh, at all but I'm just saying that there are other people out there that are like hey I know how to deal and help you with your trauma or with your um, depression you know whatever the case may be that are out there that are like willing and available to help that are not affiliated with the UPCI that can give if not more um you know a better understanding on how to deal with what you're dealing and so I've always been like a real advocate of hey, like, if you are dealing with something and you're not feeling like you're getting the correct help that you need from, like, the local one that you've been recommended to, I I would find that person that's, like, been, um, you know, th- been through schooling, been through whatever the case may be in, in order to help you with that. And so, um, you know, as much as we want to use the local people, there are, you know, better options out there. Uh, I agree again, 100%. Where, wherever you go, the opinion may sway one way or the other. Right. I mean, so, so you're 16, 17, you're starting to realize that what they're preaching doesn't line up with what you're seeing in your Bible. Um, when did you finally, like, what ended up happening when you first decided I'm going to go, um, what like situation happened surrounding that? I was about, uh, I was 18 years old, uh, just graduated high school, uh, like two days prior. Um, but during like my senior year, I was, uh, missionary dating, uh, this girl <laughs> before. Okay. So please, for people who don't, uh, who aren't familiar with the term 
give us a brief uh, like explanation of missionary dating. <laughs> yeah, so uh, missionary dating is when uh, one of you um, are um, in the UPCI and, you know, you are following the standards, you're following the guidelines, you're going to church, you know, you're doing what you're supposed to do and um, you're not dating someone that's affiliated with the UPCI. That doesn't mean that they're like, you know, uh, like atheists or whatever, but they very well could be, but maybe they're Catholic, maybe they're Lutheran, maybe they're whatever the case may be. They're not UPCI. And so missionary dating is when you're dating the other person and you're trying to be like, hey, like, you know, come with me. This is like, you know, the UPCI is the only way. And like, this is the, this is the, this is the only way you, you don't have a choice. And so that's, that's missionary dating. <laughs> Got it. So you're, you're, you know, your goal in mind is to convert them to, Absolutely. to your beliefs. Yes. Yes. Because, that is the goal with missionary dating. <laughs> because dating outside of the denomination and the organization, um, is it's frowned upon, you know, you can't, you can't be in ministry. You can't, you know, be used and be welcome if you are dating somebody who is not there, who is, or, you know, isn't within the same belief system that they are. Right. And this is the exact reason uh, why I left actually. So I was, I was missionary dating and, uh, but I'm not one to be like, about the like whole like standards and everything, you know, (laughs) I'm just like, Hey, you know, yeah. This is, you know, th- this is what I believe. And so, like, we would have conversations. And uh, she was, like, genuinely interested, you know, like, with anything, you're curious about it. And so um, there came a time where I had to pick between, like, family and the UPCI, the church, and- versus her. Like, I, I, there was no, like, in the middle, had to pick one. And so I was like, you know what? If I have to pick between the two then like something isn't right. And like, so I, that mindset was like, okay, well, I'm already kind of iffy about this right now. So I'm, I'm going to choose her because I feel like that if there was like real love and real grace and like a real passion to like win a soul, then this isn't the way to do it. And um, I ended up uh, choosing her. And so I ended up leaving uh, my family and the UPCI at 18 years old. And so, um, and was your family the ones who, like, did they ask you, was it like, hey, you know, how was it presented to you that that option had to be made or that decision had to be made at, at that point? Yeah. yeah so um, no option, just telling. It was, I think the text, I believe, read, um, drop her back off at her car, then come back and pray through. And so. I just remember driving. Oh, yeah. I remember driving and just reading that like over and over. And my mind could not comprehend it for whatever reason. It was just like it it's not computing. Um, But once it like, you know, whatever, uh, I ended up choosing her. So, yeah, it was it was not an option. It was more so telling. Um, But, yeah, it was was just uh, I, I didn't feel like it was right. Uh, a lot of pressure on dating someone in the UPCI. You know, you you don't go outside of that. And if you do, you really need to make sure that they convert um, to that, uh, to the standards, to, you know, everything that uh, they stand for. And that must have been so difficult because, I mean, like you said, your family was heavily involved. Um, you know, your friends were all there. Did you have communication? Like, how were you treated by 
those people once you decided to walk away? Yeah, so after I walked away, I had, um, well, growing up, I had friends that were, like, older than me and that, like, I hung out with because of um, where my family was as as far as, like, leaders go. Um, But I also had, like, friends in my age group. And so once I left, I had the friends that were older than me reach out. Some of them had actually already left. This didn't play a factor in the decision, but they had already left. And so they actually did reach out to me and be like, hey, you know, everything's going to be okay. Like, you know, you're going to make it. I promise. Just like, you know, keep pushing. Text me. Call me if you need me. You know, just really there for you. Yeah. Um, And then the ones that were like my age group, I didn't hear from them at all. So that was a little heartbreaking because you're like, I grew up with you. I like been to your house. You've been to my house. Our, you know, our parents know each other. We've cooked food. I bought you food. You bought me, you know, and like food's a big thing, right? Like you buy somebody food. That's pretty good friendship. You know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, buy each other food. And like, we are like, we are supposed to be family. And like, now I'm an outcast because I decided that, you know, what, is going on I'm not agreeing with and so you're you know I one part of you one part of you feels alone um the other part of you is like okay like those that have already like made this decision also know that like hey you're going to make it like you're going to be okay there is grace there is mercy out there like it's not you know and how was your family yeah so we didn't talk for man I want to say like six to eight months, maybe close to a year. Um, and it was difficult, but like you get angry, you know, cause you're like, even though you don't agree with my decision, like, don't you still love me? You know? Yeah. And so you have these thoughts of like, man, like, am I alone? And, um, you know, it just, uh, it was weird but yeah it was about it was about a year um and didn't really talk and when I did see them I think I saw them for my birthday actually um it was real it was it was awkward you know there was that like I haven't seen you since that day and like where's the relationship at how do we mend this if we can because at that time I was still um with the other person so there was still that like "Mm, you're still doing wrong type of like feeling towards um you know and that just may be my perception but uh yeah that's that's kind of how it was yeah and that must have been so difficult because when you're when you're 18 just graduated high school like you're still a kid you still need your you know you always need your family but especially then like so many changes happening so fast and the people you thought were going to be there um not being there must have been difficult Right. And 18 years old, I mean, literally a kid. Like when I see 18 years old now, I'm like, man, you are a kid. You know, I'm like, uh, you know, I had to like figure out like, okay, how do I get a phone bill? How do I like get car insurance? Um, You know, like just the adulting things that like I'm still learning how to do even today. that, That hasn't changed, but Um, Yeah, so I didn't, any kind of, like, college plans that I had uh, gone, um, it was, like, wake up, you're in the real world now, and, like, try to figure this out. Um, Yeah, so, you you know, just a kid, and uh, so that, like, support system was gone, and the only one that you really had was, like, the older ones that have already left, and, like, the person that I was with at the time. 
So a very minimum support system, great support system, but at the same time, you you want your family, you know, yeah, uh, to be there for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what ended up happening with you and this person um, after you ended up leaving? Yeah. So we ended up, um, we were together for a long time. Um, like I said, we had, uh, well, I had just graduated uh, high school. Um, she was the same age. And so she ended up going off to college um, and uh, we ended up breaking things off. And so um I was in a point where I was like kind of in limbo. So I was like, do I stay like how I've been um, over this time period? Or like, do I go back? You know, because it's always hardwired in you that like, if you're lost, if you've like ran away, if you've backslid, you know, whatever the case may be, like, come back to church, you know, you'll find, you'll find mercy, you'll find grace, like just come back, you know, no judgment there's that hardwired in you. And so yeah. I had that, that decision of like, um, you know, what, which, which way am I going to fall here? And so I, I actually ended up going back um, after her and I broke up. And how, um, how were you received by the people who were there? Like, were they happy to see you? Was there some judgment? Like what was, what was everybody's perception? Like how did they handle you coming back? Yeah, so it was definitely weird. Um, like I said, my family's heavily involved. So when I came back with like my earrings and my necklaces, uh, you know, you had those like piercing, judgy eyes that are like, mm, you know better or like, mm, I don't agree with like what you're wearing. And so you had that, you had some that were like, oh my goodness, it's so good to see you. Like, how you been? Big hugs. But like majority of it was like, you know, that hand on the shoulder and, you know, things are going to, you know, you're, you're going to be okay. You know, you'll get out of this, this, you know, whatever. And, um, just like, you know, I don't agree with what you're wearing right now, but, you know, I know your heart will change and, you know, just like stuff like that. You're like, you know what, like, I I just came back and we're already like having the condescending, like that, you know, the backhanded compliments. Yeah. Change it all. Exactly. Get it, get your life together, you know, like first day back. So, uh, yeah, a lot of that. And so, um, you know, because I left at a young age, I like had to kind of, you know, put up a wall there, um, try to let some of that bounce off of me, but still hurt it though. If that makes sense, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so you come back, um, did you get like involved in ministry again or were you kind of, you know, in the back? How did you handle coming back? So started out like in the back, uh, kind of like by myself, just was kind of trying to fill it out like where, where I stood, um, you know, as far as uh, people like ministry, because, you know, like I said, I, I was, um, you know, like heavily involved, like trying to pursue uh, the youth pastor and leader. And so it, it took, like three to six months to like even get asked to get like play drums again. Um, and so that was like one thing where um, it took a long time, but it wasn't because I was like, you know, still wearing what I was wearing. I actually like had to change, like I did have to change uh, like what I was wearing um, is not only in the sanctuary, but like out and about like, had to you know wear my jeans had to wear 
you know, khaki, whatever the case may be, couldn't wear the shorts, um, you know, make sure that like my face was uh, clean shaved and um, that I looked the part uh, both inside and out uh, before I was asked to do that again. Um, and so once I had my foot in the door, I was like, okay, like maybe this is like, uh, you know, maybe I can go back to like, you know, pursuing what I wanted um, and got involved in music again. Um, actually ended up moving states. Um, kind of felt like where I was at didn't really have much left for me. I was like, you know what, like kind of just made it, made my bed here. Um, so I went ahead, left and ended up um, in a different state. Felt like I had a new uh, chapter where I could just, you know, write, you know, my story from here um, and, you know, try to see what I can make of it. And so I ended up getting involved with the local church um, and uh, again, was invited to play on the music team, <clears throat> was able to uh, become a youth leader. Um, and I say leader because leader and pastor are considered two different things where I'm at. And so I was a youth leader until I could have or obtain my UPCI uh, ministry license. So what all I've always been interested because I've had I've heard a couple of different um, things that go into getting your license. Um, can you explain like the process behind getting your license in order to take the um, title from youth leader to youth pastor? Yeah, so it is uh, it's all online based. Um, but what you have to do is there are uh, there's books that you have to read. There's 10 books. Um, you can get a paper copy, uh, you know, online copy, whatever you choose. Um, either way, they're $30, whichever or you choose. And you have to read these books. And they're um, based on uh, or, or written, I should say, um, by uh, a well-known leader in the UPCI. And you read these books and they're very dry, very like, oh, like, I don't know <laughs> if I can finish this <laughs> type yeah. of book, you know. Uh, so you have to read these and then uh, there's like a little video segment that like kind of recaps the book for you. Um, like if you didn't, you know, um, understand it very well. And then there's a quiz at the end and you have to score between like an 80 and 85. Um, so you got to do this with 10 books. So about $300 um, and you got to pass different subjects like um, Old Testament, New Testament, um, you know, things like that there. But and the books once you... weren't the Bible. Like, they're, it's Old Testament and New Testament based on whoever has written the book, you know, who's currently in the, you know, the organization. It's their take on it. It's not, you're not being quizzed on the actual Bible. No, not, not really. No, um, it, it is very opinion-based. Some of the questions, you know, be like, you know, where's the... Uh, you know, where's this side in the tabernacle? And like, you know, you would have questions like that, but most of it was like, you know, opinion-based, you know, uh, books written by, uh, you know, known leaders. So yeah, you have to pass those though. Once you get all your certificates, uh, you got to print them out and then you take it to your presbyter and be like, hey, I passed these tests. Um, you know, I'd like to go through with uh, trying to to obtain um, you know, a ministry license. And so is he the final sign off or how does that happen? Cause I'm, I'm shocked that after you 
pass these quizzes, that's not just it. Like you're not like licensed. You still have to talk to more people. So is he the, the final signature or does it have to go to somebody else after that? Um, it has to go to somebody else after that. So after you like, you know, take it to the presbyter and they're like, okay, well, and they do like a short little interview with you and they're like, okay, well, you know, based on your uh, test results, based on like how this um, interview, quote unquote, if you will, um, you know, we'll have your pastor sign off or like write something, whether or not he also approves or um, disapproves. And so they uh, either hand you a piece of paper or they like email it between the two. And it's strictly confidential between the your local pastor and the presbyter. You don't get to read it, um, but it goes between them. And then after the presbyter reads that, um, then they bring you back and they're like, okay, so you know, you've been approved or you've been disapproved. So you could spend the $300 and like not get approved, like baseline to like even proceed with trying to get a license. So and no very money oriented. Yeah. So like no refund if they decide. And what, like, what are some reasons that they would decide? No, we actually don't think that you should be licensed. Like, do, do they tell you or? Uh, so they, you fill out this like questionnaire of like, okay, do you have kids? And if you do, how many have you been divorced? If so, how many times? What was the reason? You know, things like that. Um, have you ever filed for bankruptcy? If so, what was the reason? And um, you're like reading this, or at least I was. And I was like, what does this have to do with like anything? You know, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just trying to be like a local minister, you know, licensed minister. Like, why do we need to know if I've been bankrupt? You know, like, I don't know. So, um you go through that and it's just uh it's very odd but very money oriented yeah no refund though at all but they approved you they approved me um, okay and so after that i like had to meet with the board and the board consists of like um, all the presbyters in the state so like the state is split up into different sections so like depending on how big your state is it's like section one through seven one through nine one through four you know whatever whatever it may be and the presbyter is over like a section so like say um your presbyter is over section one section one may have like four or five churches in it um, that are upci affiliated and so the presbyter is like the spokesperson for that section so like any type of quarrel or like you know you want to go and get your license you speak to your spokesperson but all but the board is pretty much all these presbyters um and you like go in front of them and also have an interview um sometimes they ask like the same questions um and other times they're like okay what is what you know what is your calling and so like a calling for those that don't know is like what do you feel led to do and you know pretty self-explanatory but like we all are supposed to have this like calling to like do something you know whatever the case may be and um I like didn't really know how to answer it well because I was like you know I may feel like I want to do something but like it's hard to be like yeah it's a calling you know because like the script could flip at any time you know you could be like a local pastor and then you could be like whatever you know and that's just how you grow up and so um I like answered it that way and so they didn't like it and then I had to like answer the question again and I was like okay do I just word this differently maybe I didn't explain myself well and so it got a little weird 
uh, for a bit. And uh, but eventually, you know, they're like, okay, you know, if you could please step out, we'll go over and and uh, discuss your answers. And then you're like sitting in this room. Um, at the time, I was married. Um, and uh, you, you sit there and then they call you back in and tell you whether or not you've been approved. What a process. Like, I'm, I'm so like, I'm tr- still trying to wrap my head around it that all of these different people, it has to go through these different channels just to get a license to do what you were basically already doing, right? Like you were already sort of already the youth leader. Um, but in order for the title change and things like that, there's so many different people who are involved to say yes or no. Right. And, um, you know, it, it was, uh, it was very weird. And like, did the title matter? No. But like, was there pressure to be like, you should get your, your, your local license? Yes, there was that. Um, Cause even if you, you know, even if it had no actual benefit, whether it be, like financial or whatever, you know, you still had the position. You just didn't have that like pastor title. Um, you know, it was still like a, Hey, you know, we're, we're really, we're really wishing you wouldn't, you know, go for your license. You know, I, I, you, you'd get approved, but like, you know, you, of course you have to go through the process, but you know, you're like, well, am I, am I not? And so, yeah. 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 So you mentioned that you were married at the time. Um, tell me about that. Cause because we know that the the prior relationship with the girl who was not involved in church, you all ended up breaking that off. Um, and now you're married in your new state. So tell me more about that. Yeah. So um, after uh, I moved, I uh, ended up meeting uh, someone um, in the new state that I was in. And uh, we like kind of talked and then um, like, you know, whatever, like it didn't work out at the time. Um, and then we reconnected later and we dated for like, I don't know, like four or five months, I believe it was. Yeah, it was five months, dated five months, got engaged and then was married the next month. So like a total of six months with. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick. <laughs> and is that common? Is yeah, I was about to say, is that common? Um within the UPC, like to, to be engaged and married that quickly after just meeting somebody? Oh my goodness. So common. I mean, you like, you can go to what, you know, they call NAYC, National Annual Youth Congress. And like, you'll see people on your Facebook and they'll be like, oh, you know, I just met the love of my life here. Can't wait to like, see, you know, where this goes. And then like, four months later you're like oh my goodness they're engaged like do you even know their middle name (laughs) you know and then you fall also into the uh, into that you know but um yeah it's very like quick fast-paced dating you know because um you know you 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 know fortication you know you you want to like you just you just want to you want to do what married people do really quickly right and so you're like okay like you like me I like you good so like let's get married (laughs) pretty much is like what it's like And you don't really, like, there's no time to get to know somebody. Not really, no. Um, You know, and it's not like it's one-sided based on, like, who wants to get married faster. You know, it's pretty, actually, even, it's pretty split down the middle uh, between, like, who wants to get married quicker, you know. Um, Yeah, yeah, so uh, we were uh, married within six months, um, and then actually um, 
uh, in the process, uh, if not uh, pretty soon here, um, the divorce will be final um, in the next couple months here. Okay. Um, I think I want to leave it here. This has been such an incredible introduction to your story. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to get into too much more. I want to save that for next week. Um, thank you for being so open and honest with me, um, with sharing all these details. Um, I think a lot of people are going to benefit from hearing this. So next week we'll pick up on um, what ended up happening, you know, where, where you are now, what happened with your divorce and, and where, you know, how you're handling things now. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate, you know, you taking your time to speak with me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Awesome. All right, guys, we will be back next week. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.